Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show, hosted by me, Christy Demetrakis, the Empowered Speaker. I'm the president and founder of the Empowered Speaker, a faith-based global ministry that teaches people the power of dreams and the importance of faith in conquering the fears that limit us. I'm also the author of Faith to Conquer Fear, Inspiration to Achieve Your Dreams. You can find out more about my services and my book at www.empoweredspeaker.com. And for those of you who may be listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show for the first time, here's what you can expect. This show will provide guests who will motivate you, inspire you, and give you tools to activate your goals and dreams, whether those dreams are entrepreneurial, corporate, or personal. Today I have a special guest to help me do just that. His name is Scott Schmarin. And let me tell you a little bit about Scott. Neuroperformanceologist Scott Schmarin is a nationally known speaker, coach, and author. He has spent over 20 years learning powerful success technologies. He has used what he has learned and created to transform his life, losing 180 pounds and maintaining it while rediscovering his vitality. He has appeared on Oprah and is a regular guest on the Howard Stern Show. Oprah said, if Scott can do it, I can do it, and so can you. Scott has also appeared on Fox News and Coast to Coast Radio. His techniques are being used to increase sales and business for weight management, overcoming obstacles, achieving goals, and many other great things. Athletes and sales professionals are using his systems to achieve consistent peak athletic and sales performance. Scott has also spoken for the women's organization, Dress for Success, at their leadership conference and their International Success Summit. He has also spoken for many companies, including Uniglobe, Bartlett, and Orenda International. Scott is co-author of the book, Stepping Stones to Success, along with Jack Canfield, Deepak Chopra, and Dr. Dennis Whaley. Scott's forthcoming book is entitled, Yes, Creating and Living the Life of Your Dreams. What an awesome bio, Scott. Welcome to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. I always start my shows by asking my guests to tell us something that is not in your already awesome bio. Something that's not in my bio. Um, I am a seeker of knowledge. I spend time every day reading and learning and finding out new things about how my mind works and how other people's minds, minds work. And, and I like to also read inspiring stories of people that have come overcome great obstacles and challenges in their life and have found great success. Awesome. Well, that makes sense, um, considering your background and, and what you talk to people about. The, obviously, the biggest thing I read, well, I mean, there's a lot of big things in here. You've been on the Oprah show, an aspiration of mine. You've, you've done, you know, you're on the Howard Stern show. You've done a lot of great things and met a lot of great people. But I'm sure the thing that resonated with people most quickly was the losing of 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. Tell us a story about the 180 pounds. Um the story, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a giant. I'm five foot six. Sometimes, sometimes I sit and I say I'm five foot seven, 
But you know, I'm not real tall. And my whole life, I was always the fat kid. And when I say the fat kid, I was really the fat kid. You know, people made fun of me. They teased me. I was bullied. And I started withdrawing from the world. And when I withdrew from the world, I spent my life in front of the TV and the refrigerator, eating to get rid of that pain. I was feeling the loneliness I was feeling. And, you know, the food became a substitution for love. And then my social skills were being developed by bad TV shows from the 1960s and 1970s. And, you know, I can remember times when I was a kid, like I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember, I don't know if they still do it now, in the grade schools, in gym class every year, they used to do the president's program on physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I always hated that week. You know, there'd be all kinds of things like push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups, lots of ups. None of them I did really well, but the thing I hated most is that I knew on one of the days they were going to weigh us in. Mm. And... Uh, I had a gym teacher who probably didn't realize it was particularly sadistic who thought it was much more efficient to weigh us from the lightest to the heaviest kid. And I remember it being the same way every year. It'd be the end of the gym class and the day they weighed us in, and all the kids that had been weighed in were on the one side of the gym, and I was Mm -hmm. sitting on the other side of the gym by myself. And the call would come out, and he'd say, okay, Schmarin and anybody else who's left. And it would just be me. And everybody would yell and cheer like it was a big event and a big honor. And I'd put on that big fake smile on my face saying, hey, this is great. When inside, I just wanted to go hide someplace. And they'd weigh me in. And I spent a lot of my childhood that way. And, you know, I always had this little voice in my head saying, you know, Scott, you really need to help people. You need to make a difference in this world. This is who you are and what you are. And as I started getting older, that, that voice started fading away. And I got older, I got bigger, I would have periods where I would lose weight, put it back on, lose weight, put it back on. And I remember being in my 20s and going to a New Year's Eve party, and there was approximately 50 people there. And I remember sitting down in a wooden rocking chair, and in front of this group of people, the chair broke. Actually, mm-hmm. the best way to describe it is I crushed it. And there I was sitting on the floor, this short, fat guy who weighed over 300 pounds, and in a moment, the whole room just froze, and everybody turned around, and then almost simultaneously, everybody began to laugh. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you're looking at it, it was funny. To me, it was horrible. And all I can think about is, I wish I was about an inch tall, and I could go hide in a corner someplace. And I remember getting up, leaving, trying to keep my composure, and going back to my apartment, and I spent the rest of my New Year's Eve with my two best friends. Uh, large sausage pizza from a place called Nick's and a frozen Sara Lee cheesecake with the fr- strawberries on it. I ate them all. And I was mm-hmm. angry and I was mad. I hated the world. I was blaming everybody else for my problems and my issues. And I remember just being stuffed and full and being miserable. And it continued on in my life. And finally it got to the point where that voice in my mind grew silent. And I gave up. I quit on myself. I lost my desire to function and live in this world. And at one point I got so bad that I remember taking a bottle of sleeping pills and a bottle of painkillers and putting them in a paper cup. And I walked into my bathroom, put the cup on the sink, and I looked in the mirror, and I didn't see anything looking back at me. Mm. And I took all the pills, took them off. And I remember sitting down in that chair. I had this chair that I sat in. I watched TV in. I hid from the world in. I did lots of things in that chair. It, it kept me from living a real life. 
Mm-hmm. And I sat in that chair and I waited to die. Mm-hmm. And I passed out at some point. And I remember waking up. Uh, it was a long time. It was daylight. I remember daylight coming through the window of my living room. And I had this most serene, peaceful feeling. I, I really can't even describe it in words. And, I, and to be honest with you, I thought I was dead. It was mm-hmm. that peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then I looked around and I realized that I was alive. I should have been dead. I took enough medication to kill myself. Right, right. And I, I was alive. And then I realized that I was here for a reason. Mm-hmm. I was here for a reason. And in that moment, I remember the tears coming down my eyes, on my cheeks. And I was happy and joyous, and I was sad. I was sad at what I had done to myself, but then I realized I was happy because I was given a second opportunity to, mm-hmm. to change my life, and that I must be here for a reason. So what did I do? I got up out of the chair. I got out of the chair, and I made a decision that I would change. And I remember setting my first goal. My first goal was just to simply be able to go into public and not be noticed as a fat guy. I was five foot six. I weighed three hundred and sixty pounds. I had a fifty-six inch waist. I was almost as big around as I was tall. I was gigantic. Mm-hmm. And then I accomplished that, and I wanted more. As my mind started to expand and grow, and my beliefs changed, I wanted to recapture my youth and my vitality. I wanted to do things that I had never done before. I wanted to experience things that I had either avoided or I physically couldn't do. And I started to live. And and as I would shrink more and more, people would start asking me, well, what are you doing? Can you help me? And that little voice in my head that had disappeared, that had mm-hmm. been there since I was a little kid, saying, you know, you need to help people, you need to make a difference in this world, it came back, and it came back screaming and yelling at me, saying, hey, you need to go start doing this. And then I started on this quest, helping people every day discover how amazing they are, how truly incredible they are, and help them overcome their challenges. It wasn't just for weight. I was helping people with many other things, whether it was just perform, you know, improving their performance at work or helping them overcome things from their past that have gotten in the way of them experiencing joy and happiness in their life. And, it, and it's the quest that's brought me where I am today. Wow. That's an amazing story. And how long ago was that from the time of that chair till now? Um... I've been the way I am now for about 10 years. The quest mm-hmm. started way before that. And sure. yeah, I'll answer your question this way. You know, in the past, I would start a diet, and I could tell you the day that I started a diet uh-huh. and the day that it ended. And a lot of times they were on the same day. And when I made the fundamental shift in my mind and they changed the picture, I created this image for myself, and I created this affirmation that I have and I maintain easily every day for the rest of my life a strong, healthy, lean, attractive, youthful body weighing 175 pounds or less. And I burned that into my head, and that's the picture I started seeing of myself. And so can I tell you when it actually started? I mean, I guess I started the process was probably close to 20 years ago. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, out of my frustration I, and, and that experience, I started studying how my mind worked. I wanted to know why I did these things to myself that I didn't want, really want to do, but yet I was doing anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I created this image that I weighed 175 pounds or less, but I was in great physical shape, and I burned it so much into my mind. Where am I today? My weight fluctuates between 171 and 174 pounds. I'm 53 wow. years old. I'm in incredible physical condition. I have a 53, excuse me, I have a, a 32 inch waist, and I'm living the life that I want to live. 
and I'm experiencing and exploring the things in my life that I want to, the adventures and the excitement. So um, I answer that is once you make the shift in your mind, then it's a path changes. And, mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a, and it's still an evolution. I'm still evolving. I'm still changing every day. Yeah. You, you said something. Well, you said, you've said a lot of things here, and I'm going to pick out just the one thing. You said once you made the decision in your mind. And as I think, and we'll just take the bare I mean, weight loss, because most people at some point in their life have an issue with that. There's very few people I can think of who want to gain weight, although I've seen a few. Um, so we usually have that's, that's just one thing that most people can grasp, and, and so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that for just a moment. But, you know, your your situation was pretty extreme. I mean, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are overweight, but that 180 pounds, that's, that's extreme results, and that's extreme in the size that you were, um, you know, based on your height before that. So a lot of people are not in that place. A lot of people may not have gotten to that depth of, I'm going to kill myself because my life is so, in my mind, my life is so bad. I'm just not worth it. I'm, you know, it's easier for me to not be here. So for people who aren't at that extreme yet, um, that near-death experience where you really should have died, but I'll say God kept you here. You didn't say it, but I'll say it. You know, God I'll say kept it. you here. I'll say um, it. Absolutely. But that, you know, that's what saved you. Because to your point, all by all practical purposes, you should have been dead. So Correct. to know that have that, that truly physical, um, tangible realization that I have a purpose, I have a calling, how do you get people without them having to go through that such a, an extreme experience, because this is what you do, how do you get them to that same place of a mindset shift? I think that's a great question. Well, here's, here's, here's the issue. I mean, I, and, and like myself and a lot of other people that have struggled with their weight, maybe not to the extreme that I did, but they go through cycles. They, get, they can't stand the way they are. They go on some crazy diet. They lose some weight, and then they usually put on more weight than when they start. And that's a cycle for almost, what, 98% of the people that lose weight, they put it back on. And here, here's what I'll say to you. you. We have it wrong. We have the concept that diet and exercise are the key to maintaining a healthy weight. They're not. They are important tools. However, if the image you have in your subconscious mind is that you're heavy and that you've been this way for a long time and you're comfortable and safe there, that it's not going to let you do that. It's going to pull you right back to that because that's what you know. That's where your comfort zone is, even though that sounds kind of wacky. The key is changing the pictures inside of your head. Once you change that fundamental picture, that vision you have of who you are, what you are, what you look like, and how you want to experience life, once that changes, your subconscious mind takes you on a different journey. It starts allowing you to use diet and exercise as tools that you will understand how to use. It's like if I give you a beautiful Stradivarius violin, it's an expensive instrument. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to play it, it's worthless to you as an instrument. And once you change the concept of how you perceive yourself, things start to make sense for you to do. Your subconscious mind is looking for things to fulfill that image and make it a reality. It's a goal-achieving organism. And it's always worked that way. The problem is we don't give it power and strength to go after the things we really want. We let it run wild, and it'll grab on on the negative things. It doesn't distinguish between good and bad. So if you're holding on to an image of yourself, you've been, think about it. You're a kid. you, you, You had some struggles with your weight. You felt safe. 
eating made you feel better. It comforted you. Maybe mm-hmm. your mom kissed you on the knee when you skinned your knee and handed you a cookie, and then you start associating love to food. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if mm-hmm. that's how you've always been, the moment you step out of that comfort zone and go to do something different, your mind goes, what are you doing? This is not, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. This mm-hmm. is not who you are, so you better stop doing it. And it doesn't say that to you, but it talks to you in subtle ways. It says, oh, you know, you've been so good on your program. Why don't you go have some fun for a change? <laughs> That's so, so then you That's do it so and you go back and then it starts to become two days a week, three days a week. And all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're heavier than you ever were. You don't know how you got there. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, so it's a fundamental shift in your thinking. In your bio I read um, that you studied a lot of success techniques and technologies. Tell me a little bit about what your training is, what your background is, and how you use that to help I mean, I am uh, a certified clinical hypnotherapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the hypnosis and modality with my clients. I, I'm an NLP. I'm a certified NLP practitioner. I've studied all different types of meditation, creative visualizations. I'm a graduate of the Silva Method. And I study and I develop a lot of the my own things. And there are certain commonalities between all of them, and in a combination, they're very powerful tools. You know, we're, we're brought into this world, and no one has ever really given us an owner's manual on how to use our minds the correct way. Mm-hmm. And the few people that do figure it out have great success in their life. When I say success, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be financial. It, it's in right. all areas, whether they're business people, athletes, religious uh, world leaders, whatever it is the people that figure out and how to tap into the power they have. Because, you know, I come from the place when I work with my clients, they have everything they need inside of them already to accomplish what mm-hmm. they want to accomplish. They either don't realize it or they're using those skills and resources in some other area of their life. And all we got to do is help them make that realization and then move it over. Sounds so, so simple. simple. Sounds so simple. It is simple. <laughs> but it's hard to convince people that it's simple. You, mm-hmm. What you're talking about is exactly, I hosted a conference back in April, um, Faith to Conquer Fear, It All Starts with the Mind. Very fitting um, that you're here with us talking about this con- this concept and everything you're saying are the things that we talked about. One of the things I've done at my conferences the past two years, not including this year, was to create a dream board, a vision board. Mm-hmm. I, I changed it to dream board. But same concept. So as you talk about sure. visualizing getting that picture in your mind of yourself. Obviously, I had them literally cut out pictures, either Google images, whatever, so they could physically see it. You're talking of having that picture in your mind. Do you think the two is is one better than the other, having the image in your mind versus literally cutting out some pictures? And and I think think it's worth doing both. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you have, you have time for a quick story, I'll, share, I'll give you an example yeah, of how anything... I have, I have a client that I work with, and she was a, an amateur bodybuilder, mm-hmm. and her goal was to win a national championship and become a top-level pro, and then take her training business up to the next level and open her own gym for fitness competitors. Okay? Mm-hmm. Big goal. She always was falling short, and so I started working with her. And I started working with her in the cycle she was getting ready for a national championship. And she changed none of her training. But all we did was change. And what I realized is she didn't really have a clear vision of who she was and what she wanted. Mm -hmm. So I helped her create this incredible movie inside of her head. 
of what it would be like to win this championship, and it was real. And then she saw her her business growing and her gym expanding and opening her own gym. So what happened? Uh, this is in 2013 in July. She goes to Pittsburgh and she enters a national professional competition. She enters in three age divisions. She wins all three age divisions, and she wins not only one professional, but she wins three. She wins the women's all around. Now, here's what's interesting. She's 56 years old when she did that. She was the wow. oldest woman ever to do that. She won her age division. She won the age division under her. She won the age division under that one. She, the woman she beat in the overall was almost half her age. Fast forward. She wins this national competition. She does something that's never been done before. A year later, her gym opens up, working with fitness competitors, mm-hmm. training them. <laughs> Six months later, business is expanding, gym gets bigger. It's expanding and it's getting ready to expand again. So all things are possible if you believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it all starts with the mind. It literally does yeah. all start with the mind. And, and it's the one thing we don't we know the least about, but it's the one thing that can can really cause most things to happen. I mean, literally. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and think I'm a rocket scientist and turn into a rocket scientist. That is and I'm not either. <laughs> but you know, there are some things that I have on my vision board, that I and I adjust my vision board each year because as some things happen, you know, I have new goals, new visions, or if, if you've just achieved some things. Uh, and one of the things I have on mine is New York Times best-selling author. Mm-hmm. And this is from the person who would tell you that I don't even like to write. So I have, I have the one book and people go, oh, do you love to write? Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> so it's a little bit strange. That, um, but, but what I realize is that I have things to share, as most people do, um, that I have things inside me that, that are a gift to people and people who need it. And so one of the other things I have on there is to speak to millions. And so... I've, what I said is, God, I want you to use me in whatever way is going to get your message out to the most people. And whether that's in speaking, whether that's in writing a book, whether that's whatever, you know, that's how I, I, I've asked God to use me. So it, so just literally seeing that on my mirror every morning, in my mind I'm going, okay, right, like seriously, Christy, you don't even like to write. Um, but at the same time, I'm working on the second book. And as every time I sit down to write that book, I go, I thank you, God, that this is going to be the New York Times bestselling, you know, on the New York Times bestselling list. So it's, it's sometimes you can kind of your mind is a little bit conflicted because your your reality, because this is something I also talk to people about, is you're, you're comparing your current reality to what your future is. You have to understand where you currently are to know what your vision is and what you need to do to kind of get there. But the mind is a is a, is a funny thing because it will trip you up or it can propel you. Yes. So I love what you do. I love what you do. Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Fact or fiction? You would say fact, I'm sure, right? There's obviously a lot of, every time we see something about hypnosis, it's on some movie and people going, right, is that really real? Well, it is real. I mean, it's not not a magical, mystical thing. It's a Mm -hmm. natural state of mind. You're in and out of that state of mind all day long. And how many times you drive to work and you don't remember driving there. Yet mm-hmm. you got there, you didn't run anybody over, you didn't destroy your car. How did you do that? You did it on autopilot. Or another example is 
watching, going to the movie theater and watching a great movie and you're lost in the movie for three hours and none of the world exists and the movie's over and it seemed like ten minutes went by. Mm-hmm. Those are states of hypnosis. Hypnosis is simply a monofocus state of mind. You're focusing all your attention on one thing. Everything else fades away in the background and you open up this wonderful doorway between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind and you can affect change that way. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a powerful tool. Who are and the best it allows people to make the changes at the very core levels of their subconscious mind, which is where they need to be taken, that needs to take place. Right. And it's a, it's a wonderful tool. It's a Who are the best tool. candidates for hypnosis? Everybody. Unless you have some physical damage to your brain, everybody, mm-hmm. I've never worked with anybody that's not been, and people say, oh, I'm not hypnotizing. Well, yeah, you are. Um, and there are different levels of trance state, too. So you can be in a conversation. You and I are in the light trance state now. We're in rapport having a conversation on the radio. Same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, you are fascinating. You are fascinating. Thank I you. love your background. I love what you've done. I love your story um, because it is a story of not just hope. I mean, I mean, it's it's encouraging because, again, whether it's weight, whether it's, Whatever it is, I don't. I can't sell enough on my job. My business is not growing as fast as it should. Everything that we do really is about the mind and, and getting our mind in the right mindset to be to be successful. So I love what you do. Let's take a few minutes right here at the end, and you can share with people, you know, who's your typical client. How can they reach you? I mentioned a couple of books, one that you have out already, that you co-authored, and one that you have coming out. It may be out by now. But let people know how to contact you and what next steps look like. Okay. Well, I have, you know, I have, a, co- I have a one-on-one coaching program I work with people. And anybody who's looking to change, my, I mean, my client base is vast from, I've had children to senior citizens, and not just weight loss, business, school, in fact, when I get off the phone with you now, I am going to have a, a session with a, a girl who is in college who is working that she needs to do really well on a test and she has some test anxiety. So we're going to work on her changing her association to testing. Mm-hmm. Um, people can reach me at my website, which is ultimatevisionarymind.com. You can also email me at scott at ultimatevisionarymind.com. Or if you want to call me, you can call me at 847 847- Three three one five eight four eight. Awesome. And then, if people want to purchase your book, they can do that on your website. Um, they well. can contact me to purchase the book, and okay. um, and I can. And if they're interested in coaching programs, I can go over my coaching programs with them. Awesome. Is your second book out? The Yes, Creating and Living the Life of Your Dreams, or is that still in the works? It is not out yet. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, Scott, best of luck to you. Again, thank you so much for being a guest on the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show. And you can come back anytime. So anytime you have something new that you want to share, just let me know. I'd love to have you back on again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And I want to thank you all for listening to the Faith to Conquer Fear radio show with me, Christy Dimitrakis. I invite you to follow me and the show on Blog Talk Radio to get news and reminders for upcoming shows. I'd also like you to connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at cdemetrakis. And on Facebook, my pages are Faith to Conquer Fear and The Empowered Speaker. This will allow you to keep up with all the news and events to inspire you to keep it moving. I'm doing what I love. Talk to you soon.